Learn more at snc.tv. AM1280, The Patriot, is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. United States working to win the release of a detained journalist as well as other Americans in Russia. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said the U.S. has been in contact with Russian officials to press for the release of Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich. I do not want to give false hope. What the Kremlin said earlier this week is correct. There have been discussions, but those discussions have not produced a clear pathway to a resolution. Last week, the U.S. ambassador to Moscow was allowed to visit Gershkovich for the first time since April. Greg Clugston, Washington. President Biden embarking on a trip to Europe this week. He'll be visiting with King Charles III first and then go on to visit with NATO leaders first in Lithuania and also Finnish leaders in Helsinki. This is SRN News. This Week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. A key First Amendment win at the Supreme Court. The government cannot force people to say things they don't believe. It's that simple, and the court made it that simple. All this and more. Join us for our program. Sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. All the perks of a rewards card with none of the hassle. It's the AM 1280 The Patriot Fan Club. Go to am1280thepatriot.com. Click on Fan Club for member-exclusive access to prizes, giveaways, getaways, and so much more. That's Fan Club at am1280thepatriot.com. Tonight's low of 66 degrees, clear skies for the evening and overnight hours. Moving into Monday, sunny skies for the afternoon with a high around 90 degrees with a small chance of showers throughout the day. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And if you'd like to check us out on Facebook, just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network on Facebook. And uh, give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And we do have the live stream of the broadcast up and running as we speak. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Going to take a transition now and talk some local politics with our first guest of the broadcast, our representative Harry Niska represents House District 31A, which happens to be that very House District where my wife and I reside. It's in the city of Ramsey, as well as a little more than half of the city 
of Andover, wanted to have uh, Harry on to discuss a uh, Star Tribune story about how multiple uh, policies crafted during this most recent Minnesota legislative session are now being subject to scrutiny via lawsuit. And Harry has a background in law, so he'll probably be able to parse through uh, some of the uh, legal jargon as well. So as always, we are honored to welcome to the broadcast the aforementioned Harry Niska. Harry, good to talk to you today, sir. How are you? I'm good, Brad. Yeah, I, I thought this was just a constituent call. We're on the air here. Is that what's going on? Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> no, this, yeah, we are on the air here. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, we appreciate the time, Harry. Uh, uh, you know, I've known you for a number of years, but I'll give you the respect and call you Representative Niska and not go on the first name basis. Make it a little more formal here, uh, Representative Niska. So uh, appreciate the time. Well, uh, one of the uh, specific cases I wanted to talk about uh, right up front, and something we've been talking about in this broadcast for a month or so, and it seemed very, uh, it seemed unconstitutional right out of the gate, even called out, but yet went ahead and passed, was specifically relating to the state's post-secondary enrollment options program, where students have an opportunity to earn college credits through accredited uh, colleges. And one of the laws that was crafted ex- uh, disallowed colleges, particularly uh, Northwestern University and Crown College, uh, that require a statement of faith from students to participate in this program. It was called out immediately as a blatant First Amendment violation. Uh, those who pushed back on you, Harry, had indicated, well, no, uh, we actually uh, uh, can't, I, I mean, we can't allow, I mean, religion can't be allowed in, in education. Why didn't you kind of explain some of the confusion upon this from people who say, well, we can't allow uh, the state to mandate any kind of religion? That's not necessarily what's happening here, uh, Representative Niska. No, absolutely not. So I, I think what uh, there's two pieces that I think some people uh, miss when they look at this. One is that um, when you're talking about um, a open government program where someone can take a government benefit and go use that wherever they want, um, you know, this often happens or think, people think about this in the context of like uh, school vouchers or some sort of scholarship or, you know, or uh, maybe a grant that you go take to uh, an educational institution of your choice. The government, uh, and, and there's very clear uh, constitutional precedent on this from the Supreme Court, um, including some cases recently um, in the school voucher context, the government can't discriminate um, on the basis of religion on where you choose to to take that uh, program to. So once the government opens up that program and allows someone to go to a private school um, with a, with a government um benefit, for example, the government can't, uh, without violating the First Amendment, discriminate on the basis of religion and who receives that. Um, So that's uh, one piece of it that I think a lot of people don't understand. And and people will say things, you know, slogans like, well, uh, no government money should go to uh, any religious organization. Well, that's just not that's just not how the Constitution works. I mean, you know, fire departments don't uh, stop when they when there's a fire at a church and decide, oh, we're not going to go fire at the church, the, the city builds roads, even that go by churches, you know. So so when you are doing an open public benefit program, you have to, you can't discriminate on the basis of religion without violating the Constitution. Uh, the second thing that I think a lot of people misunderstand or, or miss um, in this context is that um, people in, uh, in religious organizations get to organize themselves um, according to their religion, and sometimes the way they organize themselves is a is an exercise of their faith. And in this case, um, I think a lot of people are uh, maybe are missing that 
Northwestern and, and Crown and, and other schools like that, um, they are making a faith choice in how they organize themselves when they say, um, you know, who is in and who is out based on whether you agree with their faith or not. And, you know, every church does that, for example, and, and a lot of schools, religious schools do that, and Crown and Northwestern in particular do that. And so that uh, choice to say, if you come on campus, you have to be an adherent to at least some uh, faith tenets that we all share um, is a religious decision by that religious organ- institution. And so um, when the state attempts to either lock them out based on that religious choice or coerce them to change that religious choice, then it's very clearly, I think, um, overstepping the bounds of a government um, under our First Amendment, which is you know, not supposed to uh, prohibit the free exercise of religion or establish a religion, um, and, and meaning can't discriminate on the basis of religion in, in that kind of a public program. No, I, I would imagine that you and your and your colleagues uh, in the GOP caucus conveyed all of these very salient points when this legislation was being introduced. I mean, what what was what was the response to that? Was it just summarily dismissed, ignored? Did they try to come back with some sort of intellectual retort? Because this all seems very commonsensical, Representative Niska. Yeah. So uh, the the responses were things like, well, um, you know, the state is uh, enabling uh, a discrimination on the basis of religion. Well, the, the, well, no, what the state is doing is it's enabling um, students and, and the schools to choose how to exercise or not exercise their religion. And there are, the, you know, Crown and Northwestern are one of just a few choices. In, you know, I think there are over 30 schools that are available in the post-secondary enrollment option okay. program, um, including a lot of public schools that obviously don't have a faith statement. And so, um, it, it's really not. It, uh, it, it's really just enabling uh, students who want to choose that kind of a um, uh, of a educational environment to be able to still have that option within the PSEO program. Um, and then there were, you know, uh, frankly, I think a lot of the DFL legislators just hadn't who voted for this just hadn't read the the um, controlling Supreme Court opinions and the and the um, you know recent precedent that we were talking about. But yes, absolutely. Um, I, I did my very, very best to explain, and many other of, uh, of my colleagues did as well, to explain why this was uh, not only a bad idea from a policy perspective, but also um, unconstitutional and likely to be struck down as, uh, you know, there's already a legal challenge that's been filed and I think is going to be successful on this um, topic. One of the other issues that uh, cropped up, uh, according to the Star Tribune story, there was a national trade group representing generic drug manufacturers, and they sued the state uh, over a new law meant to minimize prescription drug price uh, increases. Uh, Harry, uh, you're, the, uh, you're the great legal mind here. A lot of people are invoking the Commerce Clause. You can't uh, make these kind of laws uh, to put these caps on these prices. Uh, then their DFL legislators argued, well, there are, there's precedent for that. There are several other states that have similar laws to this, and they've been allowed to ride just fine. Uh, what can you kind of tell us, uh, give us a background on this particular legislation? Yeah, so um, in fact, uh, Maryland tried to pass a law like this, and, and it was struck down in federal court. So the, okay. the, the issue re- is about um, what is the authority of a single state to, uh, to regulate commerce that happens in, in some other state? And, uh, you know, the, the U.S. Constitution gives Congress the right to regulate interstate commerce, and uh, the federal courts say that means that um, 
you know, uh, one state can't reach out into another state and regulate commerce in some other state. And I think it's helpful to understand uh, what the what the law is trying to regulate here, which is the prices that a drug manufacturer who may or may not be in Minnesota um, can charge the ultimate end uh, purchaser in Minnesota. Um, well, the only way that that regulation can work is if the is if the regulation affects the um, initial uh, tr- sale in a, what's a light, usually a long chain of, of uh, transactions uh, from the initial manufacturer to some you know patient buying a drug in Minnesota. So usually the manufacturer is selling a drug to a wholesaler, and then there are several chains down the line where that you know price is uh, is passed along. And usually the initial sale does not happen in the state of Minnesota. And the only way for this law to actually work is to tell the manufacturer in that initial sale what price they can or cannot charge, whether that price was excessive or price gouging, as the you know as the term is often used. And so um, that's where the the problem is is going to arise in this um, lawsuit. It's the reason why that Maryland law, which is very similar, was struck down by a different circuit court. And um, so you know I I, I again uh, raise that issue and. And warn that I think that the the A circuit, which is the circuit that will um, review this case, a circuit that I uh, clerked for two different judges on um, in the past, um, is likely to see this the same way that the Fourth Circuit saw the Maryland law and, and struck it down. Once again, we are joined by Representative Harry Niska. He representing House District 31A, which again covers the city of Ramsey as well as a little more than half of the city of Andover. Uh, Harry, need to take a quick break. Any chance you can hold over for just uh, one more segment with us? Absolutely. Okay. Representative Harry Niska will be back with us to talk about a a couple of more lawsuits uh, against some of the policies crafted during this last Minnesota legislative session. If you have a comment or question, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with another segment forthcoming. Go nowhere. From Lakeville to Lake Superior and Champlin to Chile, we're where you are. We are Intelligent Radio. Listen anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Hi, this is Tim Oberg from the Kingdom Builders. You know, every Minnesota summer brings with it many unpredictable weather events, especially hailstorms. Because a metal roof can be double the cost or more of an asphalt shingle roof, we can offer you a better option at a fraction of the cost. Class 4 rated shingles are tested to a standard that simulates impact from 2-inch hailstones. They can withstand this because they have a different polymer-modified asphalt base, which is simply designed to be more hail-resistant. And it's not that much more expensive. Since it only involves a different shingle and ridge cap, all the other roof components are the same as normal. Many insurance companies also will give you a discount on your premiums with a Class 4 roof. If you already have a roof damage claim, we can show you how little it costs to upgrade your claim to a Class 4 shingle for your new roof. Ask us about it when we stop by. Just call 612-900-9166. That's 612-900-9166. Or go to thekingdombuilders.com. We'll be happy to show you your best options. 
Hi, it's Keith Hitner Sr. here. Tune in on Sundays at noon for your Real Estate Chalk Talk, where we study the science of buying and selling real estate and the art of living in your home. Get the solid real estate facts you need from Keith Hitner Sr. and Keith Hitner Jr. of Colwell Banker Burnett and their team of experts. Tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk on AM 1280 The Patriot every Sunday at 12 noon. Brought to you by the Hitner Group, the number one Colwell Banker Group in the nation. Online at HitnerGroup.com. And tune in to Real Estate Chalk Talk every Sunday at 12 noon on AM 1280 The Patriot. Dennis Prager here. Sue and I mean it when we say dogs are part of our family and there's nothing like their loyal companionship. So we provide them with Rough Greens, R-U-F-F, because we want them to feel healthy and be with us as long as possible. I know Charlie Kirk feels the same way. The Pragers and I couldn't agree more. I rely on my trusted furry friend, Mr. Briggs, who's an absolute machine, and he relies on me to provide what's best for him. Naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has packed Rough Greens, not a dog food, but a supplement full of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, and omega oils that Mr. Briggs absolutely needs and loves. Trying Rough Greens for your dog just makes sense. Greetings, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black here. I'm honored that the Pragers and Charlie trust their dog's health to Rough Green. I'm so confident that Rough Green can help your dog too that I'm offering you a free Jumpstart trial bag. Just cover the shipping. Yes, dog food is dead food, but it doesn't have to be. Go to ruffgreens.com. There's only one option in the Twin Cities to get multiple competitive bids on siding, roofing, or windows without a parade of long-winded, high-pressure salespeople. Set up a free appointment with me today at GetMyThreeQuotes.com. That's the number three, GetMyThreeQuotes.com. Oh, make me over. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. I'm all I want to be. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And don't forget, we do have the live stream of the broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So feel free to check us out there as well. Continuing our discussion with Representative Harry Niska, he, representative in House District 31A, talking about the myriad lawsuits that have been filed against multiple policies crafted this past legislative session. Uh, Harry Niska, want to uh, transition now to uh, another lawsuit uh, pending uh, concerning... Uh, felons' voter rights that were being restored upon their release from prison. A good number of folks that uh, listen to this broadcast, myself included, certainly uh, are on the side of people who have paid their debt to society and went through all of the uh, legal channels, rehabilitation, whatever, to have their uh, rights restored to them. But there is a certain time and a place that that should be done. I suppose a moral case could be made for that, but obviously we're not arguing morals here. We're um, talking about the legality. Uh, What can you tell us about this legislation restoring felon voter rights that the DFL passed and what specific challenge is being made to this? Yeah, so there's, um, and this is one where I'm a little less versed on the the particular uh, legal issues. It has to do with the the language that's in the Minnesota Constitution specifically about about uh, felon voting, there is, you know, some uh, some language. One uh, one felon uh, or, or a group of felons uh, tried to challenge the the previous prohibition on. And, and it, it, to be clear, what, what we're talking about is not whether felons can ever uh, be rehabilitated and get right. their uh, rights to vote back. It's whether um, 
when you are uh, released from custody, but on some sort of supervised release or probation, okay. whether you are considered to have paid your price to society um, to get your, uh, your, your rights back, or whether you have to finish that supervised release, finish all of your, um, your uh, criminal penalty. And, and so I voted against uh, the, the bill on policy grounds because I, I didn't believe that uh, we were sending the right message by saying you have, fin- you have paid your debt to society when we are still uh, expecting you to pay uh, some penalty um, to society. Now, if we want to shorten the period of time when some people are on supervised release, if we think that's unreasonable, then that's what we should do. We shouldn't have them on uh, supervision um, if we think that they have truly paid their debt to society. Um, But uh, I I do know that there is a legal challenge looking at the specific language in the Minnesota Constitution, and I don't have that in front of me right now, um, that particular language. But um, that is that is one challenge. But there is also, I think, potentially a related lawsuit having to do with um, telling someone or misleading someone about whether they're eligible to vote because the folks who are challenging that uh, law are concerned about whether um, now another provision that we passed would make it illegal for them to even talk about the fact that they think there is some legal question as to whether um, the, the law is valid or not. And so that's another um, potential, uh, you know, First Amendment problem that comes out of uh, the, the, uh, our legislative session. Sure. We did a lot to try to, um, unfortunately, and by we, I mean the DFL trifecta did a lot to try to, to, to manipulate the, the marketplace of ideas, whether we're talking about free speech or freedom of religion like the PSEL case we were talking about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I, speaking of election laws, there was also a suit filed by the Minnesota Chamber of Congress, uh, Commerce uh, targeting new election spending restrictions and companies that have uh, foreign ownership. Uh, apparently, there was a law uh, that defines foreign influence companies having a single foreign investor that owns 1% or more of its equity. What's the basis for this particular one? Well, obviously, you know, we we can and do regulate foreign, uh, you know, individuals uh, speaking in our elections. And that's uh, there's clear uh, Supreme Court support for that. There's clear constitutional support for that. Um, but what this is attempting to do is to sort of do an end around around the Citizens United case where the U.S. Supreme Court said that corporations uh, also get to participate in the political process and, and don't have their First Amendment rights muzzled, just like the New York Times can organize as a corporation and have First Amendment rights. Um, and what this is trying to do is essentially define as many uh, U.S. corporations as possible as foreign corporations or uh, make them uh, question whether they are foreign corporations. Um, and, and so it's really attempting to, to uh, twist what is a, you know, a, a constitutional principle we would all agree on, but as sort of this magic trick to overturn or override Citizens United. Um, and the way that this is defined is, is really uh, bizarre. First of all, it's foreign influence legislation on its own terms. It's uh, something written by uh, a model legislation written by an organization called the Center for American Progress, which is a nonprofit corporation that takes foreign donations, including wow. uh, donations from foreign governments, um, but it, it excludes nonprofits and labor unions. So nonprofits and labor unions who are foreign, who have foreign involvement, are free to, to, to still participate. And then it um, draws the definition of foreign influence corporation so broadly that it essentially um, puts any publicly traded company, um, you know, a, 
thing, companies we would think about as American companies, but um, they don't, they can't know for sure um, on any given day, whether they have a 1% shareholder or total of 5% shareholders who happen to be, um, you know, uh, residents of some other country. Um, that's literally something that's impossible for a publicly traded company um, to say and to certify, which this law would require the CEO to, to, to do some sort of certification. So it's really um, trying to, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, it's an attempt to sort of sneakily uh, prohibit any um, any of the corporations that that Citizens United has said have a First Amendment right sure. to participate, um, to participate. And the, the authors were very clear that they just didn't like um, corporate spending and, and political elections. Uh, and that's why they were trying to do it. So this is, again, something I think is a very serious uh, constitutional uh, problem, something that's likely to get struck down. And when it does, I mean, one, uh, you know, common thread through all these, if there's a federal constitutional problem if we're violating someone's federal constitutional rights as the state of minnesota they have the right when they win that case in federal court to ask the state of minnesota to pay their attorney's fees um and so i think the end result of a bunch of these cases is that the the people who the dfl trifecta sees as the bad guys that they want to harm uh, whether we're talking with the pharmaceutical companies or the chamber of commerce or whoever um the end result is that they're going to end up being able to, you know, come and get, you know, maybe a few million dollars from for their attorney's fees out of the state of Minnesota Treasury, uh, you know, out of our taxpayer dollars um, at the end of the day. And, and of course, that's not a result that anyone uh, should right. like, except for maybe the lawyers who are uh, bringing these lawsuits. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point. I appreciate you bringing that up. Once again, we are joined by Representative Harry Niska. He, the representative of House District 31A, which covers Ramsey and a little more than half of Andover. Harry, only have a few minutes remaining. We appreciate you joining us. I just want to end with this. I know this is something that you were very uh, vocal about right on the House floor, talking to the sponsor, a particular piece of legislation, I believe, that was part of the public safety omnibus bill. It was, um, for lack of a better term, the uh, the hate speech database, where uh, apparently some objectionable speech uh, the, or speech that people find objectionable, whether it's at rallies or on social media or whatever, can be entered in a database and monitored accordingly. I know this isn't part of any lawsuits that have been filed, but from your perspective, uh, is there potential for, uh, could you see very easy potential for abuse of this particular database and subsequently some lawsuits being brought forth? What could you tell us about that, Harry Niska? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really concerned about the potential for abuse of this database. And, and just so people are clear, they tried to change the, the language a little bit in the laws, but we did fund the creation of a database um, to uh, investigate what they call civil rights incidents or bias incidents. Um, and, but the, the, the potential for abuse is that that term is so uh, malleable and broad that what it's going to result in is, you know, bureaucrats at the Department of Human Rights deciding what qualifies as a bias incident or a, or a civil rights incident right. uh, that involves pure political speech, essentially based on whether they agree with that speech or not. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I asked some examples of the author of the bill about whether writing an article about the origins of COVID could be considered, um, you know, a bias incident that should go in the database or whether wearing a I heart to JK Rowling t-shirt could go into that database. Um, and, it, you know, it's really unclear and it's going to end up being, um, 
at, at the discretion of, of bureaucrats at the Department of Human Rights what speech gets tracked and what speech doesn't get tracked. And, you know, maybe just surveillance by itself doesn't give rise to a lawsuit um, because, uh, you know, th- maybe uh, the, the federal courts might require there to be some more concrete consequence before someone uh, can challenge. That's, um, that's, I think, what we still are waiting to see is what's the Department of Human Rights really going to do with this information? Sure. Uh, we did see just recently they launched a, uh, a snitch line, uh, a new snitch line page on their uh, on their website um, that's again uses kind of uh, vague terms about what kind of information they're trying to collect at the Department of Human Rights. Uh, but yes, it's very concerning that the um, that the DFL trifecta thinks that certain types of speech that they disagree with are things that the government should be tracking. Um, you know, calling it bias or hate or something like that. Um, we've heard a lot in our discourse, you know, just disagreements about policy matters um, being uh, labeled as hate or misinformation or bias and trying to be silenced. And, and I, I'm, I'm really concerned that that's uh, the impetus behind this legislation and, and that's the direction that we're going to head. So we're all going to need to be very, very vigilant about what the government does with this uh, database that we funded in the legislature um, and gave uh, power to the Department of Human Rights to um, really chill and track um, speech. It's very concerning. Oh, yeah, no question about it. And we appreciate you raising a lot of those concerns right on the on the House floor, very specific examples of what can be construed as, as quote-unquote bias or quote-unquote hate speech. So, yeah, definitely something to Keep an eye on for sure. Again, Representative Harry Niska, he representing House District 31A, has been kind enough to uh, join us uh, this afternoon to break down a lot of these lawsuits that have been filed against uh, these policies crafted during the DFL majority legislative session and uh, what's coming down the pike there. So something, again, we are going to keep an eye upon. Harry, appreciate your time today, sir. Thank you so much for taking time away from your family to join us and kind of break down everything that's going on. And uh, uh, keep up the good work. I know it's a, an uphill battle, a lot, of, particularly this past session, and you got another full session of full <laughs> DFL trifecta coming up next year. So we appreciate you guys uh, standing in the gap and uh, speaking out, and uh, have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks again. Thanks, Brad. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from big tech, become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to the show on demand when it's easiest for you. This includes every radio show, every segment, and every guest over the last 10 years, and it's commercial free. You can even share your favorite segments with your friends. Plus, you'll get the same email from Alan Estrin that I receive every night about the most important issues to read about. Pragertopia Unlimited members can also listen to every program, lecture, and course that is in the Prager store. Thousands of hours. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Share my passion for free speech. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free Pragertopia coffee mug. It's all things Prager, Pragertopia Unlimited. Go to Pragertopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. 
Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. All of us love sports, but not all sports are created equal. College sports have big budgets, dedicated alumni networks, and corporate sponsorships. Professional sports have even deeper pockets. Millionaire owners, lucrative TV and radio deals, and merchandise sales. High school sports have you. Everyone agrees high school sports give us plenty of reasons to cheer. And now's a great time for us to give back. Supporting your hometown high school won't cost you much, but it will go a long way to ensuring the games we love the most are here to stay. Minnesota High School Sports. They're good for our kids, good for our community, and best of all, they're good for you. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And also check out our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where we have the live stream up and running. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Yeah, it's me, Brad Carlson, closing out this week's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming. Don't forget, you can listen to our friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Biz. It's the King Banyan Show, Saturdays from 9 to 11 a.m. And also on Saturdays, the headliner edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network is Mitch Berg. He's on these very airwaves, 1 to 3 p.m., followed immediately by Jack Tomzak, the new guy, the aptly named Jack Tomzak Show from 3 to 5. Again, that's every Saturday. And me, Brad Carlson, closing out weekends on Sundays, 1 to 3. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Again, my uh, thanks to Representative Harry Niska. Uh, uh, my wife and I have known he and his wife, Jen, for a number of years, pretty much since we first moved to Ramsey almost 15 years ago. Gosh, hard to believe we've been there that long. And the fact Harry stepped forward the 2022 election cycle to run in the new district, 31A, uh, to be the state representative was uh, definitely music to our ears because uh, Harry's always been very engaged in the uh, political cycle, very uh, insightful in all his opinions, and to be able to take that to the House floor, which, again, when you're in a complete minority, both the House, Senate, and don't have any statewide offices, it can seem rather daunting and kind of like Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. But uh, uh, guys like Harry and Walter Hudson and Elliot Engen and Isaac Schultz, and I hate to name names because I leave out so many other fantastic uh, Minnesota State representatives. 
uh, just out there um, doing everything they can to bring attention to this DFL overreach. And again, given some of these lawsuits, uh, there's been tremendous overreach. So we'll certainly uh, keep track of the progress and how long it'll take these suits to ultimately be decided. We shall see. Uh, Spencer, I just sent you an audio clip. I don't know if you've uh, got that up yet, but uh, sorry to do an on-air production meeting here, folks, but sometimes it's, uh, <laughs> it is necessary. Uh, some rather disturbing images came out from this past week, uh, well, on the 4th of July, obviously. And I know I have, and Mitch Berg has as well, has given tremendous kudos to Rebecca Brannon for literally getting out there in the trenches and literally putting her well-being on the line to bring us uh, the stories that mainstream media isn't willing to do, isn't capable of doing, or wants to give an air of nothing to see here, move along, comrades. But there were a lot of disturbing video of Utes, to uh, quote uh, Joe Pesci in uh, My Cousin Vitty, kind of uh, running amok with pyrotechnics on the 4th of July, shooting, literally shooting fireworks at the public, at police officers, uh, in a very chaotic scene. But, hey, good thing they closed the Stone Arch Bridge for the week, right? I mean, that was that was supposed to take care of everything. We're going to close the Stone Arch Bridge. We're going to avoid a lot of the trouble we had last year on the 4th of July, a lot of the chaos. That ought to do it. Except they took the chaos to, like, uh, Lake Calhoun. I know it's not called Lake Calhoun anymore. I can never remember what the name of the new, uh, new lake is. Uh, Boom Island Park. Uh, I think there was some uh, shenanigans. In Dinkytown, all sorts of Minneapolis lakes. It was just absolute chaos. There was one woman who was just out sprinkling her grass and got hit with some pyrotechnics. And thankfully, she had some sprinklers running because then she could turn the water on to herself and to kind of soothe some of the burns that she was getting from these uh, pyrotechnics. Just an absolutely chaotic scene. There's been a handful of arrests made, but not nearly enough. Uh, According to the story, Alpha News story from Haley Phelan, uh, there was a large group of individuals that roamed the streets of Minneapolis, again, 4th of July night into Wednesday morning, launching fireworks and causing uncontrollable chaos on the streets. Up to 500 individuals were roaming around at one point as police ordered them to disperse and go home. This is according to Crime Watch Minneapolis. It's a Twitter feed out there. Uh, just look up Crime Watch Minneapolis on Twitter feed and follow along because they are providing uh, reports, video, also descriptions of suspects committing crimes in the area. So basically you know uh, what areas to avoid. Uh, again, Rebecca Brannon. You can also follow her on Twitter at Rebs Brannon where you can see the video firsthand of what's going on. It's kind of hard to dispute what you're watching on video. These aren't selectively edited clips or audio. She's just giving you the unvarnished truth right out there. Uh, and again, this is, a, this is something that continues to be an issue. As much as people bristle at the crime problem in Minneapolis, as much as residents, you know, they like to troll people who are saying that Minneapolis is a hellhole and turning into chaos. 
and I follow people on Twitter that do this. They say, well, look at that beautiful sunset in Minneapolis. Boy, boy, right, yeah, it, it's sure is a buzzkill. There's so much crime here. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And it's like it's the greatest self-own you could possibly have because the people who are doing this, who are trolling those who are concerned about crime in Minneapolis and don't want to patronize Minneapolis, it's like you do realize you're doing this from like the 10th story of your posh condominium complex where you're paying extra for a secured entry into the building, okay? Or the people who do it from like a bridge in St. Paul and they take video of this of the gorgeous sunset, you know, that's, you know, setting over Minneapolis, Okay, you realize you're not getting anywhere near where this chaos regularly takes place. And I bring all this up to say that if you get news that honestly reports what's going on, you're going to hear from people who have businesses who are starting to hesitate keeping their businesses going. I mean, what businesses that weren't wiped out during the pandemic are now starting to cite uh, the security uh, or the lack thereof or the feelings of safety as the last straw. I mean, this has been happening forever. I mean, Keegan's Irish Pub, which was a favorite of this broadcast, they were an early sponsor of the Northern Alliance Radio Network way back when. They went out of business in 2020. The pandemic finished them off, and they were already trying to keep their head above water through the city of Minneapolis's stifling regulations, whether it's, you know, obviously the smoking ban was one thing or the way they regulated the patio that they put out there or whatever else, and all these other ham-fisted regulations that they put forth, and the pandemic was finally the last straw, and they went out of business in 2020. And those businesses that did survive COVID, okay, are now really starting to rethink things. And I bring all this up because uh, Renee Cooper at KSTP-TV did a report Uh, She was talking to a prominent pizza place down in Dinkytown, you know, right where the campus of the University of Minnesota is. I mean, if you are a student at a campus, there's nothing more tradition-laden than going and hanging out at one of your favorite restaurants or clubs or whatever and just kind of, you know, blowing off some steam after, you know, hard week of, of classes and studying and whatnot. And the fact that there are now some restaurants and clubs in the area that are really reconsidering whether they do business there. Uh, this this should signal as a warning sign, okay? And again, they were not successful in defunding the police, but there's kind of been a de facto defund in that the the profession has gotten such a bad rap that and they don't feel supported, a lot of these cops, that they're just like moving on, shuffling off to Buffalo, either making a career change, taking early retirement, or whatever else. So uh, this is about two and a half minutes long. This is a story from KSTP-TV's Renee Cooper from this past week. Rowdy crowds of teenagers continue to cause disturbances in Dinkytown. It's pushed neighborhood business owners to speak up. Today, the University of Minnesota tells us its officers and Minneapolis police will continue to have increased presence in the area through July. Our Renee Cooper is live in Dinkytown right now. And Renee, what you're hearing from businesses is that these targeted efforts do help deter some of the groups, but then after it goes right Mm -hmm. back to the same thing. 
Lindsay, Frank and Andrea's and then the college club right across from it are right in the middle of this unwanted action. They say these large groups of kids have been wreaking havoc on students and on business for the last three years. I'll be honest, like if I saw this now and this space became available, I probably wouldn't take that risk. Buffalo chicken, you want to just want the size or two? Eight years ago. It was never like this. Owners Antonio Gambino and Shaz Khan of Frank and Andrea's in Dinkytown got into business for three reasons. New York style pizza, keeping Philly cheesesteaks, and serving up both to students. A few years later. We pay for private security uh, to patrol the area. We have to worry about the whole block, the whole street, like who's coming in, who's outside, who's driving by, who's lighting off fireworks, who's jumping, you know, our, our customers, our students. It just, it doesn't make it fun anymore, you know? These are all um, juveniles from around the metro area, um, just down here to cause trouble. This video, taken last Wednesday from outside Frank and Andrea's, shows dozens lingering on the block as horns and sirens blare to break things up. Both businesses shut their doors early that night. There's 100 people kind of congregating, shooting fireworks off, and let's say those people decide they want to come into our establishment. We just didn't have the staffing that could stop them from coming in. Khan says the holiday weekend was more of the same. More altercations, um, fights in the street. Forcing the second closure in a week on Monday. It's generally, I can spot 10 people from the night before out here again. Businesses say they don't have the answer, but are hoping city and state leaders will try to find one. I'm going to double down and I'm going <laughs> to say, a good one. you know, to the governor's office, to the mayor's office, please reach out to us directly. We would, we want to have a conversation directly. They don't. Now, both businesses tell me they're in it for the long haul, and they believe this is a problem that can be solved, ultimately. And although some of the rowdiness has leaked into the restaurants, thankfully, I'm told security has been able to keep staff and customers inside safe. Live in Dinkytown, Renee Cooper. Okay, so there you have it. Um, yeah, it, th this continues to be a problem as much as elected officials try to deny it. As much as they think that they have the moral authority on this because, you know, they the DFL had complete control in the state of Minnesota this past week. It's like, well, all these crime issues were raised by Republicans this last election cycle, but it didn't help them at the ballot box. And that's true. The Republicans did not fare well at the ballot box. And there are myriad reasons why that was and reasons we've gone into on this show. But ignoring the problem and dismissing it as an issue and dismissing it as Republican propaganda is not making the crime problem go away, is it? And kudos to KSTP. You know, I, I've been you know critical saying that uh, Rebecca Brandon's eating their lunch, but kudos to KSTP for this particular story and for stepping forward and, and sharing it. And hopefully it shines a, a brighter light on, on what continues to be a, a, an issue, a very persistent issue. So uh, poo-pooing those who have concerns over crime and those who are expressing hesitancy of even setting foot in Minneapolis, it's not going to make it go away, and it hasn't made it go away. Uh, John's in Minneapolis. He's on line one. John, if there's any way you can hold during the break, I promise I'll take your call first thing when we come back from the commercial break. And anybody else wants to call in, feel free, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Or check us out on our live stream at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Brad Carlson back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Final, final.
From Glencoe to New Mexico and Apple Valley to Napa Valley, Intelligent Radio. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Has your home sustained damage from the recent storms that moved through the Twin Cities Metro? Estate Claim Services can help. Hi, it's Alex from Estate Claim Services. Storms can cause significant damage which you can't see from the ground. My Master Elite Certified Team will inspect your siding, windows, gutters, downspouts, and obviously the roof and other structures for damage. If Estate Claim Services finds damage, we'll get your home back to its original condition, good as new. At Estate Claim Services, we have many years of professional experience working with all major insurance companies. We take care of every detail of the project from the first meeting to the final inspection, and we stand behind our work. Estate Claim Services will repair your home with 100% customer satisfaction. Visit EstateClaimServices.com for a free inspection or call 651-309-1114. 651-309-1114. That's EstateClaimServices.com, EstateClaimServices.com. At AM1280thepatriot.com, you guide the conversation. Mike Gallagher's thoughts on prayer. What is it about the gun debate in America that makes the left mock prayer? Life is challenging and difficult. Prayer and our faith is lacking. I heard Mark Davis play a clip of somebody who said, you can take your prayers over shooting victims and put them where the sun don't shine. Saying that about prayer, when people pray for healing and comfort after a horrible crime, or a death, and I want you to hear what religious bigotry sounds like, because that's just a bigot. Visit am1280thepatriot.com, click on hosts, and search for whatever's on your mind. You'll find a deep archive of intelligent commentary. Come and take a tour of the shores of Lake Phelan, assisted living and memory care. With our gorgeous lake views and spacious apartments, you experience resort-style living in a park-like setting. Our care team is in the building 24-7, and we have great food and engaging activities. The shores of Lake Phelan is excellence in senior living every day, located between Lake Keller and Lake Phelan. Visit theshoresoflakephelan.com. That's theshoresoflakephelan.com. GodTube.com. Inspiration, comedy, music, faith, and fun. Get the best of GodTube every morning and start your day with a smile. Great faith-based videos sent to your inbox daily when you subscribe at GodTube.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And don't forget, we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where you can leave a comment or question. Our good friend Wild Wilson's weighed in multiple times today. Wild down in the Lone Star State, a.k.a. Texas. Thanks, Wild. We appreciate you tuning in as always. Uh, as promised, we do want to get to John's calls. John's still with us? Okay, John on line one. John, I appreciate your patience. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Yeah, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Hello, are you there? 
Yes, sir. I'm here. Hello? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Just a reminder that the the crimes committed in Diggy Town and Minneapolis on the fourth, those are crimes. No, they're not documented. And it's one way that the communists uh, downplay crime and say it's not happening. The other thing I want to share with you is last night, two people were murdered by a guy driving down the highway 100 miles an hour. This is another enabled person who uh, is a coward and used his car and eventually killed two people. I was out in St. George, Utah last week. I was going 40 in the 35-mile-an-hour zone, and I was pulled over. And I told the police officer uh, I was speeding. I accept that, and he said, okay, but you gotta be, you got to obey the laws in our city. So there's an example. And in Nevada last week, the governor signed a law that said anybody who speeds down the highway recklessly and injures or kills someone is going to get a minimum of 10 years. Mm-hmm. So Minnesota is nuts, and it's created great harm for those of us who are trying to live a decent life. Yeah, thanks, John. I, I had not heard that uh, uh, about that tragedy. Uh, wow, awful, just absolutely awful. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I, I think that you know we're seeing a, a lot of, of you know. I, I think it's plagued Hennepin County, particularly the new uh, county attorney there, Mar- Mary Moriarty. I mean, uh, people were here's 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 how I know it's it's gotten out of hand when people were applauding Mary Moriarty's office for the charges uh, levied uh, against uh, John Thompson's son. Remember, he was the guy who uh, killed those uh, five women uh, speeding down a side street, ran a red light. Uh, Who knows how fast he was going, T-boned a car full of uh, five women and ended up killing them. And he was getting charged with like 10 counts of vehicular homicide, and people were applauding that. It's like, shouldn't that be the absolute minimum we should expect for, for when something like when something like that happens i mean it's just uh, yeah it, absolute lunacy and the fact that you know that she was uh, a little uh, lax on so, on some charges of other high profile incidents like the young lady who is uh, shot to death in her brooklyn center apartment building you knew that's how you you knew she was lax is when people were applauding Doing ten counts of vehicular homicide, yeah, I think that would pretty much be uh, uh, pretty much a slam dunk. And now there could be more charges pending uh, once the uh, toxicology reports come back. But uh, yeah, uh, again, like I like I indicated last segment, that people continue to raise concerns about crime in the in the city of Minneapolis, and it, it is very telling the people who bristle at that. It's typically people who live in a lot of these, you know, kind of insulated neighborhoods. We're not saying that the whole city is on fire. That's not not what we're saying. Minneapolis is a big city, okay? We understand that. And we're not saying the whole city is covered in rampant violent crime. All right? I even if it wasn't, I still wouldn't live live in Minneapolis because I don't think you're getting nearly the bang for your buck. You pay a lot to live there. And a lot in property taxes for not that big a house. I mean, I think about what my wife and I paid for our house in, in Ramsey and, you know, what we could sell it for today and what that would buy in Minneapolis. You know, we like to look at uh, houses in Minneapolis, what they're going for. And it's like we, we don't get nearly the bang for our buck. And we certainly don't get nearly enough for the amount of taxes that you have to pay living in the city. And so 
we made a conscious choice 15 years ago. Yeah, we we live up in Ramsey, and it's it's a good haul to get pretty much anywhere. But we are willing to. That's a to us. That's a more than fair trade off to to have what we have and to be in the area where we are. And you know, and the demographics up there. I dare say that people believe in their Second Amendment rights. And a lot of people who are familiar with Ramsey know that people believe in their Second Amendment rights. So, therefore, uh, there isn't a whole heck of a lot of property crime, as there would be in more urban, progressive areas. So, I say again, continuing to d- dismiss those who are raising concerns uh, is is not going to help the problem go away. Like just yesterday, you know, my, my wife and I and some friends of ours, we, we went to Target Field for only the, the second time in maybe four years. Okay? Because we just there just isn't that much incentive to, to go there anymore. And and we went yesterday, you know, because it was a day game. And if you go there in a day game, bigger crowd, you can kind of go in and out with a crowd. Okay, there's there's less likely things to happen. Like people were pointing to the taste of Minnesota as, oh, see, see, this isn't so bad, is it? Yeah, but there are these huge crowds. You're not getting nearly the experience you want to because it's basically being overrun with a security presence, which you haven't had that, which you didn't need even 10 years ago. So, again, this is something that is going to continue to be reported on, whether people want to bury their heads in the sand or not. It's still there, and it'll still be reported upon, and you can bristle all you want, show pictures of the beautiful sunset all you want, but it's not helping correct the problem. So, folks... As always, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Experiencing an injury or illness? Wondering if you'll be able to keep your job or when you can return to work? The Minnesota Retain program may be able to help. Participants may qualify for free support from experts who can guide you through the next steps to get you back to work quickly and safely. Visit mnretain.com or call 507-284-4537 to learn more. Minnesota Retain is fully funded under a grant awarded by the U.S. Department of Labor and the Social Security Administration. This message is brought to you by Minnesota Retain, this station, and the Minnesota Broadcasters Association. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep, I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most, right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm howling.
talking about? The Pet Supplies Plus in Blaine and Fridley. It's the best place ever. Woof. They've got their very own dog bakery with treats just for me. Mmm. I drool just thinking about them. My best friend just signed up for the Pet Supplies Plus reward program. It's free to join, and she got 25% off our first purchase. You know what that means, right? 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 More treats, baby. My tail can't stop wagging just thinking about it. Friendly staff always ready to lend a paw and pat my belly. If I want to pamper myself, I can experience Pet Supplies Plus pampering groomers, or my best friend and I can DIY the self-service dog wash. It's like they know exactly what will keep me happy and healthy. Roof! I hear even my... My friend Cat and Guinea Pig can shop there. Can we go there right now? Please, please, tell your best friend to stop by Pet Supplies Plus. Fridley, located at University and 57th, or Pet Supplies Plus. Blaine, located at University and 109th.